Hey everybody, quick show note just before our episode gets started here. Uh, I recorded this on Tuesday, but didn't get to post it until today. Uh, pay your podcasting bills, kids. Otherwise, uh, you can't post stuff. They won't allow you to do it. Anyways, uh, this, what follows is a... Uh, I, I saw The Hobbit on Tuesday night at a uh, preview screening, and uh, but it comes out today, so it's still quite relevant. But uh, the following is that, and... Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Hope you like this show, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting around to some more uh, film find stuff in the very near future, including a longer review about The Hobbit. This one's more about uh, the technical aspects of the movie and less about the actual movie itself. Uh, I'm sure we'll be discussing that and some other things as time goes on. So, uh, without further ado... Welcome to a special edition of the Film Find here in my car. My name is Adam Portress. Now, I know the Film Find hasn't been around for uh, quite some time. Uh, I'd love to give you a long-winded story of fun and fascination as to why that is, but uh, we're probably one of... One of the only podcasts in the world to take nearly a year off before actually doing yet another episode, but I'm sure there's other things like that. But anyways... No, that's not what's important right now. What's important is what brought me back. What made me uh, actually get in my car, pick up my iPhone, and start recording. That's also why it sounds like crap, I'm sure. Um, What made me do that? Um, The Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually... And let me uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, I've I, we've I've seen uh, Laura and I have seen Django or Django. Look at me like I'm a fucking rube. Have seen Django Unchained. You do want to pronounce that D. It's just like that's that's the you know that's the Southern boy in me. I was brought up in the South. You you you, you know you read them letters that's on the paper. And that's how you roll. No, but uh, we've seen Django Unchained, and I do. We're going to talk about that. I definitely want to do a podcast about that, and we got to see it a couple weeks ahead of time, so I was uh, pretty stoked about that. Uh, quick footnote: did enjoy it, enjoyed it a lot. But uh, Laura, mm, maybe she didn't enjoy it quite as much. We'll see. Uh, but I, I just uh, I got out of the Hobbit. She wasn't able to see that with me, but uh, I, I gotta say, I, I got I got to talk about the Hobbit because. Whether you like it or not, uh, The Hobbit is, it's pretty big. It's a big deal, not because, oh, it's another movie from Peter Jackson uh, within the Lord of the Rings mythos. Um, I mean, it's important because of that, but it's important even more because of the new technology. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about on uh, this little mini episode that I'm going to be putting out. Um... I haven't talked too much on the podcast about uh, the medium of 
of uh, film and movies and cinema and things like that. But uh, the world of it's changing, and I do want to. I want to get uh, in a very super nerdy episode uh, one day about all of all of the goings on in uh, in the movie world. I'm changing lanes here, so I'm having to watch over my back. Um, but the Hobbit marks the first. 48 frames per second film that was filmed in 48 frames per second and projected in 48 frames per second uh, for theatrical distribution. And uh, no matter the outcome, it is a significant event. And uh, I've just seen it. I sat through almost three hours. I think it's like two hours and 47 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I gotta say... 48 frames a second is not the new cinema, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I let's quickly. I'll, I'll quickly talk about The Hobbit itself. Uh, and part of my review, and I'm going to watch it again. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it at least probably one or two more times. The bare minimum, one more time, but at least probably two or three more times. Just, just because. And the first reason because is with 48 frames a second. I'm going to be completely honest with you, folks. Uh, it distracted the hell out of me. It really did. I mean, uh, the I understood what was going on, but uh, I got the story. But it was just it was distracting as hell. You're watching it. And it's like this looks weird. Uh, there are a lot of like odd elements. I don't know if it was the hard drive that we uh, had presented to us within our showing. So I, I don't know if this is going to be the same for everywhere else. Uh, but you know how, like, sometimes when you're watching YouTube and the video doesn't quite catch up, but you hear a lot of the audio, and then the video will kind of speed back up to catch up with the audio, and then it finally catches up and it's in sync? It wasn't, it's never quite that bad, but there were there were a couple of times where it seemed like, and this may just be an artifact of 48 frames a second, but it seemed like that was what was happening. And uh, very disconcerting, very jarring, threw you out of the, threw, threw me out of the moment. Um, I gotta say, and uh, I started to get used to the 48 frames a second uh, to a degree because it works more in some scenes than it does in others. But uh, it took almost two hours for me to really start to kind of get comfortable with with what it looks like because it is such a shocking difference from what you see. I mean, and you and you'll notice it right from the opening Warner Brothers logo. It's it's that noticeable. Uh, it was like because I was wondering uh, with the screening, I was like, "Am I going to see the uh, you know the high frame rate?" And sure enough, as soon as that Warner Brothers, it was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. This is certainly different from everything I've seen before." Um, but it does say it tells me that 24 frames a second. Uh, you know, for whatever reason that number was chosen, there's several different. Uh, you know, theories and uh, supposities as to why 24 frames is the exact thing. Uh, all, all, at the end of the day, it just, it truly comes down to persistence of motion, and 24 frames a second is a moving image to the human eye. Uh, an indiscernible moving image uh, for the human eye when, once played back at uh, 24 frames per second. Uh, and you know what? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's it's it suited us for you know what a hundred years. Why why wouldn't it? It, it should kind of continue to go that way. Um, I was uh, 
I've been listening to some Tarantino interviews lately. Uh, he's been doing some stuff. Uh, I want to say there was, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter did a big giant round table with a lot of, uh, of the directors of the year. And, um, and Tarantino talks about wanting to get out due to the digital age. And one of the big things, of course, is like he just doesn't like, he doesn't like shooting in digital and he, and he hates digital projection. Now, while I'm not always against digital projection, you know, and 35 millimeter is, 35 millimeter is better, but it also has its problems. I mean, it's the yin and yang of things. There are the good points and bad points of both. Um, but with this digital projection and like, but one of the key phrases that uh, Tarantino used was uh, that the things that he didn't like was what he called, uh, he referred to as watching DVDs in public. And that's what, to him, that's what digital seems like. And nothing seems more DVD-esque or, you know, watching, nothing says, hey, this is a digital thing more than 48 frames a second. It makes, it makes stuff stand out like a sore thumb and uh, not, not in a great, amazing way. Now, a lot of proponents of 48 frames a second are going to say, uh, oh, no, 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 your eyes just haven't gotten used to seeing this sort of thing yet. I gotta say though, there there are some scenes in the movie where it it looks like you can almost see the seams of the set. I mean, not you know, I mean that's it's a little hyperbolic, I know, but uh, yeah, it's like things start to look a little bit fake. You start to see kind of where the CG is, and but that is also something that oddly I'll say really thrived in this movie was the CG. The CG was quite good. Um, and, uh, and I'll say one of the reasons to go see the movie is, uh, is the whole sequence with Gollum. It's, uh, the, Andy Serkis' performance is great. The performance capture was great. The new CG, while still looking like the old CG from, uh, of Gollum, is definitely new CG. Uh, it looks fantastic. And, uh, it's like, I, I think it's like a good, you know, maybe, I don't know, I didn't look at my watch or anything, but like a 15, 20 minute segment that's like, it's, it's awesome. To me, that's worth the price of admission throughout the whole movie. And there's, uh, there's a couple battle scenes there towards the end. Like I said, I kind of, by the end, I sort of warmed up to it. I guess I kind of got used to seeing it. Uh, but, and, and I'll talk about the movie once I've, I'll talk about the movie a little bit more in depth as I've seen it. But overall, I, I gotta say, I wasn't super impressed with the whole thing. Uh, I, I enjoyed it enough, but, and I, and I may enjoy it more on subsequent viewings, especially, uh, in, uh, I think I think the next one I'm gonna see it in is the IMAX halfway because of uh, the the nine minute Star Trek trailer or prequel to the movie I, I don't I forget how they're framing that but um, yeah so I'm probably gonna see it that way and then probably I'd like to just watch it in 2D as well because that's available so I, I just get rid of the whole 3D aspect because 3D kind of throws it off too that's another thing they said with the uh, high frame rate is like, oh, it's better for 3D, and I guess in a sense it, you know, in a sense it helps, you know, it's a little less flickery, but at the end of the day, I'd rather it be a little flickery and look like a film than be not flicker, be flicker-free and look like something from the Discovery Channel, and that's what a lot of times it does, I mean, it looks, it looks cheap. I think it cheapens the look of the movie. It doesn't look like a movie anymore. It looks like, and I, and this is all, all due respect when I say this, it, it, it looks like, you know, something from the BBC. It looks like season one of Doctor Who. 
maybe not quite as bad as season one of Doctor Who, but it looks like Doctor Who got some money and, you know, put together something, you know, that's pretty decent looking. That would, like, if you saw it on BBC, you'd be like, holy shit, that, that looks awesome. But if you saw it on the big screen, you'd be like, this is, looks fucking cheap. That's, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what 48 frames a second looked like to me. It looked like a cheap rendition of, of The Hobbit. It looked like something that they would put on, on the BBC as like some sort of celebratory. Uh, you know, this is so fucking weird because I thought about this when I was in the theater and like, I'm such a, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it just threw me all out of it, uh, more so than I thought, but, um, I'm like, <laughs> we all know what Star Wars looks like, Right. Star Wars looks fantastic. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful film, uh, cinematically. And that, that's what that looks like. And we all remember, well, I don't know if we all remember, but if you're lucky or unlucky enough to have seen any or all of the Star Wars Christmas special, and now compare the two, that's what, that's what this is like. Lord of the Rings is like Star Wars and The Hobbit is like the Star Wars Christmas special as far as like cinematic quality. That's what it seems like. But I, I don't know. I, I gotta say, uh, I don't think... I don't think the future of 24 frames a second is in uh, immediate jeopardy. I'll say that. Uh, I, I really do wonder what a mass market audience is gonna think of the high frame rate. Um... I couldn't judge from hearing some of the people. Uh, I think most people seem to, you know, think the film was pretty decent. But, uh, I and, and again, that may be something that the general public just doesn't get. They just might not un- even understand any of it. And so it's just like, oh, there was something different about that. And that's also my fear. That's a, that's a huge fear of mine is that they won't even notice the difference. And it's like, you know, it's the... Uh, it's the lobster in the water, you know, it's just the water's getting warmer and warmer. He doesn't even realize it. And next thing you know, you're cooked. And, uh, I hope it's not like that, but, um, yeah. So that's basically kind of my thoughts on 48 frames a second, uh, with the Hobbit. I might even see it in 48 frames a second again, just because it's intriguing. Like it or not though. I mean, it's, it is a significant part of film history and to be a part of film history and actually, you know, see the first movie that was shot and projected, you know, as, as far as a full length giant blockbuster feature goes to see that actually happen and, uh, and to witness that is, is pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's not like technicolor, but you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so that's it for this uh, car edition. If I've kind of bumped up against the mic or anything, I'm sorry about that. I'm kind of switching lanes in and out here. I hope it's not too noisy. The car is kind of rattly. It gets that way in the winter. But uh, I just, I kind of wanted to just spill out, you know, some of my thoughts on uh, The Hobbit. And uh, uh, I'm sure you guys will see this movie uh, pretty soon. So please, you know, feel free to email me, uh, thefilmfind at gmail.com. Uh, let me know your thoughts about The Hobbit. What do you, what did you think? What version did you go see? Did you go see, you know, 2D, 3D, uh, 3D IMAX, 3, uh, 3D high uh, frame rate? What did you go see? And with that, what did you think uh, about, the, about the movie itself? And if you saw it in a high, uh, high frame rate, what you thought of the frame rate? And I'm also very interested to see what this is going to look like when, you know, it's converted down to 24 frames a second. It's like, is that going to, what will that change for me? 
uh, and have some issues about Peter uh, Jackson's camera work and some other things in here. But uh, like I said, we'll we'll get into that after I've seen it a couple more times and and in a couple of different uh, formats, so my brain can kind of wrap itself around everything. Because I don't I don't want to pre I don't want to judge this movie off of my uh, I want to say hatred. It's maybe not hatred might be kind of a strong word, but my. Uh, dislike of this, uh, excuse me, of this 48 frames a second, so, uh, yeah, if you've seen it, please, uh, email me at thefilmfind at gmail.com, we'll have an episode coming up soon, talking about, uh, talking about Django Unchained, uh, I enjoyed it a lot, so, uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll get into that and a little bit more of some other stuff, and hopefully we'll get, bit, get, get back to going in the podcast soon, uh, our good buddy Matt Smith over at the, the split screen, uh, He's finishing up some graduate school stuff there, and uh, hopefully we'll get some time off and uh, bring up the episodes again. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm I'm paying for the damn bandwidth. I might as well start putting some stuff up there. Uh, Otherwise, it's just uh, megabytes being flushed down the old toilet. Anyways, uh, that is it for this mini-car episode of the Film Find. Until next time, guys, I'm Adam Portress. I wish I had a better sign-out.
Well, I just want to take a quick second here and talk a little bit about, uh, I, I've forgotten to mention within the show proper, uh, about the sound. I think the sound, uh, again, I got I got to see this movie uh, at, at least a couple more times because it may have just been the one, you know, the one version that I saw and may be different for other, uh, other versions. But the sound uh, sucked in a lot of places. Uh, sounded really weird. Um, uh, Ian Holm did not sound like himself at all, which I wonder if they took Martin Freeman's voice and actually dubbed it over Ian Holm. Uh, that I'm not sure about. Uh, there are several times when uh, it just sounded like they did some uh, ADR, but it didn't sound like it was in the proper room or anything. And uh, I don't know, this it, it really bugged me. There were a lot of things technically that bugged me about this movie, and I really wonder if that is... Uh, if it's as pertinent for anyone else or if that bothers anyone else or if I'm just, you know, a nerdy crybaby who sees stuff and is like, man, when it don't be perfect, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm probably the latter, but, you know. Anyways, thoughts or about anything uh, about the movie, uh, thefilmfind at gmail.com. Uh, we'll read them on the next show. Hopefully it's that's not like a year away. Hopefully there'll be something a little more... Uh, a little more up to date. Anyways, so quick episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for holding in there. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll be updating some stuff uh, more regularly. All right, take it easy, guys.